Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our wrestling podcast. So without further ado, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall, and today's topic, overhyped and failed gimmicks part uh, two. This is Dave along with Jess. That yes, yeah. and and Cuz. Hey, what's up, buds? Hey, bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. And now on to our topic today: overhyped and failed gimmicks, part two. As always, you can reach us via Instagram at OWP2019, SoundCloud at Our Wrestling Podcast. YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel, or download WrestlePost. It's an app at no charge to you, and you can get that on Apple or Android uh, platforms. And join us along with other great podcasts of the day. So, we had so much fun talking about overhyped and failed gimmicks. We just... And let me just say this. Had to do it again. We actually got pretty decent downloads on that. And you motherfuckers out there, and you know who you are, which is everybody, (laughs) because nobody does what I'm about to say, is that you guys don't fucking leave comments and shit. You know, agree or disagree or put a fucking suggestion for a topic in there. Stop being assholes and just fucking comment. Sorry. (laughs) I love our fan base so much. I just really want to tell you guys how much I love you. But seriously, fucking stop being bitches and comment. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Because how how do you feel about running through this again for for a part deer? Oh, I like when we do the uh, continuation episodes. Actually, I want I want to keep doing these uh, part ones and part twos because for one, there's so many you know different wrestlers yeah, to cover, too many different topics. In one part, you can't sum it up in one part, right? Nah, too many too many uh, good topics too. Too many different topics. You know, still got more underrated WrestleMania moments and underrated wrestlers, and then no, you know, that was it. we covered everything in the first. <laughs> yeah. So. We're, yeah, we're gonna bring up, we're gonna bring up about four to five here. Um, I want to start off with <laughs> I, I I um I'm so I'm so embarrassed for these guys. <laughs> this is just terrible. Uh, Jess brought up just just two words, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? I went and I I did my research. I start looking it up. I go through. I watch the videos, and I couldn't be more embarrassed for Jim Evans and Richard Sartain. <clears throat> they they had some decent runs. They they did some prelim work. They did you know enhancement talent work, but the thing that really kind of sets them in stone in the worst way possible is the tag team called the Ding Dongs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, God, this is the best. Instantly, I I am stimulated in the sense of like like I was in the last episode, part one. Where I was like, so oh my excited, God. right? Like, You're it, like, feeds oh. me, it feeds me. God damn it. It feeds me so good. I love it. Yeah, this is this is fucking amazing. So WCW so, was such a train wreck. 
So Evans himself was actually being used as enhancement talent in the WWF. He's actually kind of working double double duty here. Um, and the rumor, this is another fucking Jim Hurd uh, creation, by the way. The same motherfucker that wanted to cut Flair's hair and call him, call him Spartacus and all that bullshit. We've talked about it before. You can go back to our archives and check some of that out. And the uh, Hogan Flair episodes, I'm sure it's brought up there. And I know you talked about it, but have I called him a piece of shit or a cocksucker yet? I don't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Just in case he's a piece of shit and a cocksucker. But go ahead. Yeah, keep going. So the rumor is Jim Hurd saw how the Bushwhackers were tamed in the WWF before they were the Sheep Herders, and they were quite violent. I mean, in, in, their, in their territory runs. No, David Crockett! David Crockett! The Fantastics are a pain in the Sheep Herders! And he's like, well, we can do that here. Um, I guess do what Vince does. Yeah, it just fucking duplicated. We can make the, the monies with the ding dongs. Jess, can you explain this mess with the fucking ding dongs, please? Who me? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, please. So this fucking asshole, um, Jim Hurd, like just I, I don't know how you know. Okay, here's the deal. Like I have two kids, right, and I'm married and all that stuff. And even before I had kids, like you know, Liz and I were pretty much like. You know, we're not going to be deadbeats and we're going to hold jobs down and shit like that. And, you know, we struggle hard. And sometimes you work for a job where you get paid a fair wage from what you think. Sometimes you're like, oh, I'm underappreciated. I should get more money. This fuck WCW was throwing money out like it was fucking, I don't know what, like it was licorice. Like you're just throwing money out there. And this fucking asshole, Jim Hurd, gets hired like as the like the executive vice president, I think. I don't know. They changed the title so much. I know that was Eric Bischoff's title, but I think that was he was the executive vice president of WCW. And Turner was throwing money at people. So this fucking guy who, according to Flair, was like the one of the CEOs of, of Domino's Pizza or Pizza Hut? Pizza Hut, right? Um, and he did some other things in other business ventures, but nothing in pro wrestling. So they fucking throw money at this fucking guy. I want that job. Like, you know, like I, mean, like I said, we just fucking work and uh, I think I'm paid a fair wage or whatever. This fucking guy had no qualifications. He got paid at least six figures right like god jesus christ he got probably paid, he he probably got like half a million dollars a year for doing this and he comes in and if you listen to part one a lot of that shit he was uh i know i kind of you know imitate dusty and blame dusty for that shit but like jim Hurd was really behind all that stuff especially the idea which he halfway executed of cutting flair's hair short and naming him spartacus he got his hair cut short successfully but he did not name him spartacus thank god he still stayed the nature by rick flair so this this fucking guy get six figures for coming up with shit like this. Let's do what Vince is doing, which is fucking what everybody did at that time. Like I said, in the first part, you know, the first episode that we did where it's like you fucking like the whole thing is like your best bet is to be an alternative to Vince. Vince had the cartoon market and the kids market cornered, but his thing was like, no, we just want a piece of the pie. So if we do what Vince does, we get some monies and Vince gets all the monies. But if we get a little bit of monies, that's still some monies in the long run. So this dumb shit, like, says, you know what? Let's come up with a tag team. You know, the Bushwhackers are really successful, and they used to be uh, a tag team called the Sheep Herders, and they were violent, and they would make, you know, they would bleed, and they would, uh, you know, make their opponents bleed or whatever. They were kind of hardcore before that was even a word. Uh, I mean, it was a word, but you know what I mean? It wasn't like a term in wrestling. So he says... So look what Vince did with the Bushwhackers. He tamed them and made them like this little kid act. And they come down, they lick kids' heads, and they lick the referee's head, and they, you know, do all this shit. And like, yeah, that's what I want. We need, we need Bushwhackers. Let's fucking develop a tag team that is in full head to toe mask, 
full body suit all the way down to their feet. You can't see any skin on their body. And we're going to call them the Ding Dongs. What's their gimmick? They have bells glued to them that ding. Get it? (laughs) God! Soon to be making their way toward the ring area from Belleville, USA. Total combined weight, 455 pounds. The Ding Dong! And on top of that, because get it, their name's the Ding Dong, so they have bells glued to them. So let's drive that home even harder by literally when they're out there wrestling. Uh, on the ring post, they tie a bigger bell, so you ring it with the string, you know, like when you ring the bell and the, the string's tied to the, the middle part, and ding-da-ding! So the entire time they're wrestling, whoever's on the apron, whoever's not in the ring, on the ding-dong tag team, they fucking ring the bell, ding-da-ding, the entire fucking match. We'll Get it? Ding-dongs. The only fucking ding-dong is fucking Jim Hurd, and I know that's a fucking lame-ass joke, and- but Jesus Christ. Him like, Flair. Jess, what when, when they kept ringing the bell like like nonstop? What was the reaction in the crowd? Uh, the reaction was, um, I think, like about thirty percent of them shit their pants, and like another the rest of them just fucking either went and got beer or went to sleep. I don't mm-hmm. know which. Shit. Straight up, when I when I watch it, bro, when the when the when the bell ringing was nonstop, the crowd was noticeably like, boo, like yeah, they were. They were- so loud. These are supposed to be. This was Jim Hurd's answer to the Bushwhackers, right? Yeah. So if we push these guys right, right, like you know, they get the money. <laughs> so like we push him right, like you know, he's gonna. Oh, these guys are gonna get over like the Bushwhackers. They're gonna be called the Ding Dong. Like just and again, it shows you the fine line between what genius Vince was and how he knew how to appeal to kids. Whether you agree or disagree with the bubblegum cartoon WWF wrestling, you, it doesn't matter. He knew how to do it. And, like, it's just so fucking funny to me that legitly, I'm not lying, they're in head, they're in masks, like a black, right, or dark blue or some no, shit. No, it's, uh, it's almost like an orange. Like it's an orange or a reddish. Wow. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like a maroon is awful. You want to pick up like a billboard side, but they're covered, like a right? Power they're, they're covered head to toe, bro. They're covered head to toe, and that was his thing. The Bushwhackers are the not covered head to toe. They have like gimmicks. They have fucking camel pants on the Bushwhackers. They fucking they do little vignettes where they're out in the outback and they're fucking eating raw fish. Well, that's that's what's so interesting is like Sartain and Evans were kind of known. If you had if you had given them a tag team and a decent gimmick and, and actually showed their faces, they might have gotten over. But there was no chance because you don't know who these guys are. Correct on that, but go ahead. They would have never gotten over because Jim Hurd was in, in. Well, Jim Hurd's a piece of shit. Uh, he, and know. so was I, baby. Oh, oh, this is going to come with the ding-dongs. Oh, no. No? no? Okay, baby. So how much say did Ric Flair have on that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, at at the end of it, maybe that would have worked, but there was no face to him. The bell's ringing nonstop. The crowd is booing the shit out of him. The debut is absolutely horrible. And Jim Ross was noticeably just not happy in in the commentary and fucking... You know, bells everywhere, and you know that Jim Ross wanted to be like, My god, the ding dong, <laughs> some please yeah. come behind me and just stick a knife, a hot knife in my throat, and end it right now. Fucking bells everywhere at the end yeah, of the match. Jim Ross, like I said, like that was my translation. Jim Ross really, uh, was like, <laughs> He didn't say these words like, Kill me now, but he meant that, like. I think uh, Dave was telling me off the air, like he said something like, well, that was terrible. Like on commentary, audibly, Jim Ross was like, what? This is the fucking dumbest idea I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm sorry. I lost my shit. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing ever. 
Like they sit in board meetings, Dave and Cuz. They sit in board meetings and they talk about shit. And nobody goes, um, like the, an intern, Mr. Hurd, can you, this is dumb shit. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, we're going to do ding dong. Dust is like, that's right, baby. I'm going to feed off that ding dong. Yeah, ding my dong, baby. Come on, tell me, feed me. Like, fucking ridiculous. Nobody stepped in and said, no, we're not doing that shit. Like, these fucking, I'm, I'm not trying to rip on Dusty, but these fucking legendary wrestlers that are on the booking committee, when they listen to Jim Hurd, like, have you ever heard of a bad idea, right, from a coworker or just anybody? And you're like, yeah, we could do that, and maybe we'll adjust it like this. And you try to put a spin on it to make it kind of tolerable because their original idea is really bad. Nobody did that with Jim Hurd. Why? Why, I ask, why? <laughs> Why would you not, when and he says in the boardroom, okay, guys, uh, I, I don't even know what Jim Hurt sounds like. Well, he's going to sound like this. He's going to sound like this. That's my impersonation of Jim Hurt. Kind of so here's my idea. What, Vince McMahon has the bushwhackers, right? And everyone goes, right. And then he goes, okay, I'm going to counter that with the tag team called the Ding Dongs. And people are right. like, there's, they're in stunned silence at this point. And I'm just imagining this. And and they're in stunned silence and like ding dongs, like they carry like the, the, the cake ding dongs, like the, the, the cupcake ding dongs. Mm, no. Hostess. Hey, hey, ding dong, like the bell ding dong. Whoa. Hey, you're a ding dong. You get it, ding dong. You get it? Uh, oh, you get it, ding dong? They're going <laughs> to And Dusty or somebody just go. That sounds good, baby. Let's do it. So I don't know if they were saying, yes, let's do it to like, you're going to fucking get fired. Like, so go ahead and go be my guest and do that shit. Or if they were just like, whatever, Jim, I don't know. Like nobody stepped in and said, that's no, you know what? Like you're, we're on live TV. We're on live TV on TBS clash of the champions. And you want to do that? Nobody stopped him. Why? To where poor Jim Ross has to actually Jim Ross, who is the, the greatest, like, Yep. Play by of all time, right? Can we agree oh, on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty okay. easy. Yeah. So he, you forced the greatest play by play. Even back here, he was probably the greatest play by play ever. My <laughs> yeah. God, yeah, and you, oh, forced him. you force him. Think about what they did to Jim Ross. They for they I raped him and made him watch this. Like <laughs> I have to call this shit. Yeah, you got to call that shit. So what? What are we doing again, Jim? The the bells. They carried the bells down. Okay, fuck. Oh. Anyway, fans, welcome back. Oh man. The ding dong they, <laughs> they Yowie, wowie. Vince McMahon, if you're hearing me, Vince, please hire me. Please anyway, but welcome back to Clash Champion. Like it had to have been that, right? It had to have been like Jim Ross. Or Dave even said, like I said, off the air. He said something with the effect of, Well, that was terrible. Like oh, it was, was something horrible. that happened in the ring. This fucking company, oh God, so great. Hall of Fame in my God damn it, Dave, Hall of Fame. WCW nineteen ninety through nineteen ninety-four. Absolutely Hall of Fame. How can you say that? <laughs> it's the best shit ever. It's the best shit ever for all the wrong reasons. You know what I always come back to I'm when there I can't even remember what oh it was it was a Monday Night War segment where Jim Ross said I literally churned down money. Um like like money where I could have I could have been off the air, I could have been making money with WCW and not work. And I literally said, You you keep your money so I can go work in the WWF. I get he knew how he knew how bad it was. That, that comment and that decision stemmed from this moment when he had to sit there and witness and watch the fucking ding dongs. Like he was just like, "My God, fuck. somebody please just snapper me from the top of the rafters or whatever." Like, I mean, there's plenty of room up there because God knows it's empty up there in the rafters. Jesus. Please shoot me in the face. Like, I swear to God, like oh, poor God. Jim Ross, like poor Jim Ross. Yeah. Well, at, at least he didn't have to witness this next one. You're I mean, all think, put yourself. I know this is way out of fucking. We're taking way too long. But like, how do you fucking? How do you 
think about okay, Dave, you're a commentator. You're a commentator. You're a play-by-play, right? So yeah, I'm, I, enjoy, I enjoy it. Dave, how you doing? <laughs> I'm Jess. I'm the fucking. I'm I'm, I'm directing the show. So here we go. So uh, let me go over some notes tonight, Dave, and Clash of the Champions that you're gonna have to call. Uh, we have a tag team called the Ding Dongs, and they fucking they have bells glued on them. Wait, wait, what? And, what? Gonna, exactly, what? exactly. Uh, and okay. and just me out, Dave. And I want you. You, you said it. you said the Ding Dongs, right? Anyway, no, not, uh, right. not like cakes or the cupcakes, but I mean like bells. Like bells. Um, yeah, they're going to come out there and they're going to ring bells. That's what they're going to do. And they're going to wrestle, but they're going to ring bells. And there's going to be a big bell on the outside of the ring that the guy who's on the apron is going to ring. And uh, I want you to sell that like it's a fucking, like the real athletes and shit, a real tag team. And and go. We're like, not coming back from this, right? Yeah, what are you going to do? You're going to be like, oh, okay. And then after that, you're going to dip me in molten hot lava, right? You're going to kill me, right? And I'd be like, no, we're not. We're actually going to make you suffer. And you're going to call the whole rest of the night. And you're going to live with this forever in your memory. It's going to be burned in your memories and your retina. Because we suck and we can't fucking like save this company to begin with. And go. Like that's go. literally what they did. That's terrible. Poor Jim Ross. Poor Jim Ross. At Bye least God. Jim Ross. Bye gal. At least Jim Ross didn't have to witness this next one. We're talking about um a nice little musical duet. But hey, last time I checked, we don't sing duets on the way down to the ring, right? Do do do. But the Freebirds are Freebirds. Yeah, we're gonna go right into it. I gotta tell you, you know what? I, I want to preface. Oh, Dave, I'm sorry. Hold on. I have to preface it with this: we love the Freebirds because it's just due to the simple fact that the Freebirds really created what we call the Freebird Rule. Right? We're talking about. Shit, man! Every time the Freebirds come down, there's three of them. You don't know which one you're gonna wrestle. Talking about that yeah, was, the Freebird rule is they were champions. Phenomenal! I love it. Three of them. Love it. They could decide before each match which two would defend the titles. Exactly. So the three of them, so the opponents would never know. I don't know how they got the stipulation on their contract, but they somehow did, and it, it put heat on them because they were heels. So that made yeah. perfect sense. So, and by the way, this this Freebird rule has been used with Demolition. Just to, just to, you know, off the top of my head, it's been used with New Day for about almost five years. And we we love the fact that oh my gosh, one day you'll see this person, one day you'll see that person, you'll see a completely different match with the tag. Right, this of, is if booked right, it is it's perfect. It's great. it's great. It's it's phenomenal, and it came from this tag team, right? Well, really now, quick, yes. The Freebirds, yeah, the original uh, three Freebirds were Terry Gordy, uh, Michael P.S. Hayes, and uh, Buddy Roberts. And um, those were the original three. And they were in world-class wrestling, and they feuded with the Von Erichs, and they got really over then by being heels because they were, like, Confederate flag supporters. And <laughs> not, not, yeah. They weren't racist. They were just, like, from – they were from, you know, that part of the United States. And so they carried the Confederate flag around and all that stuff. And But they were just – that. but but Michael P.S. Hayes is super flamboyant and great on the microphone. And uh, uh, Buddy Roberts wasn't a good wrestler, but he was also great on the microphone. And Terry Gordy was awesome for a big man. He was great in the ring. Not very good on the mic, but you had, again, Buddy Roberts and, and Michael P.S.A. So they go to WCW, and it kind of flaunts there. Like, Terry Gordy has some issues. He goes to Japan. You know, uh, Buddy Roberts had some substance issues, and he kind of just uh, flounders off. So they bring in Jimmy Jam Garvin, who already had 
kind of cemented himself as a pretty good singles wrestler. And Jimmy Jam Garvin was pretty good in the ring, I have to say. And he was good on the mic, too. And he could be very flamboyant. So Michael PSA said, I want Jimmy Jam Garvin to be a, a free bird. And they even tried to bring Terry Gordy back and Buddy Roberts back with Jimmy Jam Garvin. Never worked out. But Hayes... I started watching the Freebirds with Hayes and Jimmy Garvin. I, I like those two. And then I researched and saw, you know, the original three and all that stuff and went back to world class and got some tapes and learned what the Freebirds were really about, which is even more amazing, like I just talked about. So, but I really liked the pairing of Michael P.S. Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin. I thought it was really good. So, you know, they were good in 89 and 90, and they kind of like fizzed out or whatever. So in 92, WCW was again going through one of its many different phases where it was trying to rebuild itself and re-establish re, um, itself with its fan base. So Michael P.S. Hayes had a big voice in the backstage, and the Freebird, they were a big name. And mm-hmm. so Michael Hayes is like, you know, Jimmy Jim Garvin and I want to go away for a while and we want to come back and reintroduce ourselves. And, you know, we want to do have new theme music and all that stuff. So let me talk about the theme music. Bad Street was is probably one of the greatest wrestling music ever, right? The themes ever. So having said that, I mean, like, say that's a, that's a big statement, right? And it's one of the best theme musics ever. And it was. It really was. Bad Street was a great theme music. So part of the repackaging of the Freebirds in 1992 was to, you know, we're going to record a new theme song. Okay, well, how can you fucking top Bad Street? Let me tell you how they thought. <laughs> <laughs> this, hey, Jess, this is what we call going to the well one too many times, my friend. Yeah, so a Clash of the Champions uh, 18, I believe it was, in 1992. It was January 21st, 1992. Um, they wanted to relaunch themselves. So they were doing vignettes, like, coming up and hyping them up and saying, you know, the Freebirds are going to return, and they're a new Freebird. They're going to debut their theme song or whatever. So someone said, hey! On Clash of the Champions on live TV, why don't you guys sing your new theme song while you're coming down to the ring? So Michael Page said, that sounds fantastic. Doop, ba doop, ba boop. And so they said, yeah, let's do this. So we're going to we're gonna lip sing, uh, or no, actually not even lip sing. I take that back. They're going to sing their song over the track, if that makes sense. So the song's playing, and they're trying to sing, like, on top of the track. And, you know, that way if they get out of breath or whatever, like the track will pick up and it won't sound like they're missing a note. That's what they thought. So when they come out for Clash of the Champions in uh, January 21st, 1992, they sing themselves down. So Michael P.S. Hayes has waved bye-bye to his girlish figure at this point. And he's starting to have a little belly and a little pouch. And so he comes out with his normal hairy chest and shit and, like, no shirt on. But they have, like, vests on, right? And they have top hats on, and they're carrying canes down to the ring. And they're doing a performance of I'm a free bird and what is your excuse? Which isn't the worst song. It's not. But, like, with them performing it... So we're going to debut our new song called I'm a Freebird with your series. So it cuts back and forth from them live walking down to the ring with like boy band microphones on. The, you know, the microphones on that they have the boy bands wear and the headsets. So they have all that. So imagine them walking out and they're like, ladies and gentlemen, the Freebirds. And so they start walking out. This is their big unveiling, like their big Freebird 2.0 kind of, you know, like unveiling. And they come down, and they're, the, the Freebird song is playing, the I'm a Freebird and What's Your Excuse song is playing, and they're, <laughs> they're singing over it. So they're live on these, these you know, boy band headset microphones, and they're, they're singing, and Michael 
Michael Hayes is kind of got a belly and hairy chest and they got these vests on and they're in their freebird costumes and top hats and cane and they're walking down and someone in the pack again just like Jim heard nobody stops this man from doing anything someone said why don't you when you get to the end of the rampway why don't you walk up the stairs in the arena into the crowd and finish the second half of the song in the crowd <laughs> not looking at Michael Hayes's current physique and saying like you he might not be doing as much cardio as he should be doing so we shouldn't send him up stairs on live tv while he's singing a song but that's what they did so whoever was yeah whoever michael hayes came up with that or the i don't know who or jim heard i don't know who the fuck did i know that i think jim heard was gone at this point to be honest but i like blaming him so it's fun and so 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 he comes out and then they start walking up the stairs in the arena and they're walking upstairs both these guys who probably are again they've waved goodbye to their prime at this point and they get up there and they fucking finish the song and you can hear Hayes like (sighs) like as he sings I'm a free bird excuse like he's just fucking dying and they have not wrestled a second yet by the way so they gotta go and do physical activity and wrestle <laughs> but the whole thing was planned out. You're gonna walk upstairs and sing before you even wrestled. And again, again, I cannot stress to you guys what the fuck, what a cluster fucked up stuff you fucked at this point. <laughs> Nobody stopped them from doing shit. Ted Turner really wasn't gonna cancel them or take them off TV or let him go out of business because God, you in no other business that anybody would be working for or putting their own up their own money up for would say like let's just do this shit. You they had to talk about this first in the back before the event even aired. Let's do this and then this and then you're gonna climb upstairs and then you're what could go wrong? What's the worst thing that could happen? Well, I'll tell you what's the worst thing because I'm a <laughs> Bird. Oh, fuck. And what is your excuse? <laughs> Jimmy, 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 hold me. Like, and fucking that's exactly what happened. And so then they, they finish and they come down the stairs and it's a goddamn clusterfuck with feedback and like throughout the arena. And it's just fucking brutal. And they hey, get yes. and then the that's match. Much, how was it? Say, how, so how was the match? The match is fucking brutal. Like, it's so bad. They flub everywhere. Like, they're facing Big Josh and Brad Armstrong, which honestly are pretty good workers in the industry when you think about it. But it's just not a good match. Like, not a good matching a pairing, I should say. And so they get in there on the match. They flub, and it's just not good at all. And when Freebirds win, you could see Michael Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin go back to watch them just get their hands raised by the ref and fucking be like, you see the look on their face, like, and we're out. And they don't celebrate and they have this shit like it's like someone shoves shit in their mouth. That's the look on their face. And they just fucking walk out real quick and beeline for the ramp and get the fuck out of there. They realize like this whole thing, not just the match, this whole thing was just a big fucking turd in a punch bowl. Like it was just brilliant. So if you go back and you watch this uh, Clash of the Champions, you're going to be like, Jess, you're fucking lying and you're making all of this up. What are you talking about? They never performed live. I'll tell you, they cut it off the network. And it's no fucking coincidence that Michael P.S. Hayes is a big part backstage right now in WWF or WWE. Excuse me. I'm going to get sued. Um, uh, 
because that like he, they cut this off. If you go on YouTube and you type in "fabulous freebirds perform," I'm a free bird. What's your excuse? Live, it will come right up. But on the network, they cut it off and they just they go right to the match. Because yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Get you tell me that's not a coincidence that Michael P.S. Hayes is a big deal backstage and they cut it out. Come on, like it's so fucking great. Like you know what's really interesting about that too, Jess? It's those kind of moments that would pro- that could possibly get more subscribers in the network and they just cut it out. I, I find that. Just, I don't even know about that, Dave, but well, it makes me happy. It makes me fucking happy. And if one other person besides me can watch that and go, <laughs> that's a fucking no, I'm with, I'm, I'm with you completely. It, it's hilarious. But I, I, I go I go into WWE archives to find shit like that, and I, yeah. I, I laugh my ass off. It's like, we should just do a, a whole episode on fucking WCW fuck-ups between 1990 and 94. Oh, my God. And like, like we'll come up with so it's like a nine hour episode is we'll have material through 2020 i'll tell you that i'm sling about that but that again that's our that's number two go back clash of the champions january 21st 1992 you won't see this you'll just see the match and you can watch the awful match but go to youtube to actually see them singing themselves you literally type in i'm a free bird what's your excuse yeah yeah yes and right up that was it. Remember when he performed it at the Hall of Fame? So that's my that's my commentary on that shit. Well, you know, it's it's quite a quite a cluster. Um Freebirds version two. And I don't want to be. Let's talk about another total clusterfuck. Let's talk about Black Scorpion and and the trouble with Black Scorpion. This this is a this is a fucking over. I don't know. I mean, it, it is just it's totally overdone as the realm of gimmicks go. So overdone that it was it was a gimmick in itself. I don't know if WCW was trying to play on. Maybe, you know, New Japan or Lucha where you can just have anybody wear a mask, right? But holy shit, this game uh, was The answer is by... no. The answer yeah. is no. And how the fuck, like whenever, I swear to the people that are listening, uh, however many or little of you there are, um, <laughs> it, we don't plan on doing all WCW fuck-ups on this. It, it's, just, it's just how it works out, bro. And I'm just, I'm listening to Dave and we, we pitch ideas just so you guys can get an idea of how we brainstorm. And we have like a little text, the three-way text that cause Dave and I participate in. And we just throw a, what do you want to do in a topic? Let's do this topic. Okay, cool. How about this, this, and this? And I'm throwing it out and I'm like, I swear to God, like I'm trying hard to find a WWF gimmick. And I know there's a lot. I swear. I know there is a lot. And I mean that like there is, and we will find them. But like uh, WCW ones just keep popping in, like whether it's Oz or fucking the Ding Dongs or goddamn Bad Street USA or not Bad Street, but I'm a free bird. Like, I don't understand. And then the Black Scorpion comes up and I'm like, God, we should just name this episode like WCW fuck ups part, you know, infinity. <laughs> yeah, because like, fucking stops. yeah, most, yeah, we don't do it on purpose. It's just good shit. And you guys should listen to our advice and go watch the shit. It's good yeah, stuff. Uh, it's yeah. Black Scorpion. It's just. This gimmick was played by several people, just to name a few. You got Ole Anderson, you got Al Perez, you got uh, Franz Hare, uh, you got you know, he he wasn't. I don't even think Franz was even like a wrestler. He would just conduct magic tricks in the crowd. Right now, I just I saw a guy in a black costume with a black mask on, and like that's all I knew. And you're like, what the fuck is going on here, right? It's it's just fucking weird, and um, 
it was supposed to be this big gimmick, I think, to go up and and um, and pr- give Sting some conflict that Sting won the title. And I think Jesse, you even talked about it, it kind of fucked up his title run when you really think about it. Not kind of, it did. Like I on the last episode that we did, it was on the Warrior. <laughs> I mentioned this, and uh, uh, I truly believe that you know Sting. It's it's ironic that they were the Blade Runners and Sting and the Warrior started with each other uh, because when they went in separate companies, Sting and NWA slash WCW and Warrior and WWF, they both beat the biggest wrestlers on that side of the fence. Warrior beating Hogan, uh, Sting beating Flair. And after that, you would think, okay, like, if you're running a company and you were trying to, you know, uh, continue to make, uh, what's that word? Um, oh, fucking money. Um, what would you do? Like, <laughs> you would you would treat those and the the two people that you just had beat the biggest fucking names in your profession. You would fucking make sure that they were taken care of. Okay, so if I'm gonna have Sting beat Flair, I gotta make sure Sting has opponents. Right? That's what pro wrestling is like: feeding, feeding the person, feeding, feeding, feeding opponents, feeding. You know, whether it's a heel or face, you gotta feed them, and you gotta make sure that that the storylines are there and everything's supported. So they they have sting beat arguably the greatest wrestler of the you know 80s and 90s flair and um so they haven't beat him in 1990 at great american bash in uh july of 1990 and that's a big deal by the way jess that's That's a a huge deal and it's still still a really big deal go back and watch that match on the network it's it's a great match and and i wouldn't say great match but i mean it's a very good match and it completely highlights what i talk about putting the crown on sting making sting the guy and all that stuff and so um so he's champion, and what do they do? Like, they don't, like, push him. Same thing with the Warrior. They don't give him good opponents. They don't give him fresh opponents. They just rehash shit. And then, or, or when they don't, when they give him fresh opponents, they make the most hokiest endings ever. So this storyline that starts, like, I, I want to say uh, in September um, of uh, 1990, where this guy in this black costume was coming out, and he had a voice over. It's like he was talking, but it's over the loudspeaker, and he's like, Sting. I am the Black Scorpion. I'm someone from your past. Uh, you will know soon enough when I'm ready to tell you who are you I am. Huh? Of course you are. You're too much of a hero and a champion to refuse to hear this tape. Stay so that you know. So they were just trying to pretty much like just tease you and say okay like you know we have this gimmick and we're gonna it's someone from sting's past right like you know some new someone's jumping from wwf it's gotta be you know like you know so for months like for months dave and cuz goddamn months like they do this thing where and even even as soon as uh halloween havoc um sting's defending his championship in 1990 halloween havoc against sid vicious and uh but before they bring Sting up for an interview, and it's so fucking hokey and awful. They obviously hired this magician to dress up like the Black Scorpion, and this girl that he and I'm doing air quotes again takes her from the audience, brings her up, and she's completely overacting, like oh, oh, like grabbing her because he's grabbing her by her wrist, and she's like oh, like trying to fake her, you know, fake like she's trying to, she's so overacting and like trying to fake like she's getting away, and they have this this cage set up like a magician. And he puts her in this cage and he turns the cage around to show the audience all the sides. And he puts the black cape over and he lifts the black cape off the cage and she's gone. Oh my God, the, the black scorpion's a magician. And and then all of a sudden she comes running out from backstage and she jumps in Sting's arms and she doesn't know how she got there. It's I'm not even making this up. Go back to Halloween Havoc 1990 
and this shit actually happened. They hired a magician to dress up like, and they hired an actress as a girl. Yeah, and that's uh, that's Franz Harey, right? That's the magician oh. as a black scorpion. Yeah. Oh, so so, <laughs> and I didn't even know that. I'm glad you backed that up, Dave, because that shit's ridiculous. So they do this. Yeah, he's that. not even a wrestler, bro. I'm yeah, they you. do more shit like this, and they have a clash of the champions where he fights. I think it was Al Perez that was under the mask, and that's irrelevant. And uh, yeah, and he's, he's one of them. Yeah. Sting beats him, the Black Scorpion, on a Clash of the Champions, and you think, okay, fucking finally beat the Black Scorpion. And then the real Black Scorpion standing on the entrance going, Sting, uh, you didn't beat me, blah, 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 and all this stuff. So you're thinking, like, okay, the payoff for this shit better fucking, like, define Sting's title reign, because if not, you're in fucking major trouble. So Ole Anderson's doing all the voiceovers. He's doing the Sting, like, and all that stuff. He's doing all that shit. Who incidentally did uh, what voiceover that everybody knows He about? did the Shockmaster. The Shockmaster. Apparently, fucking Ole Anderson can do one voice. Shockmaster. <laughs> I'm the Shockmaster and or Black Scorpion. And so, so, so all this is happening or whatever. And this, I mean, again, this is playing out for months on Clash of the Champions, on WCW Saturday Night, on... You know, the pay-per-view. So finally, at Starcade 1990, Sting is going to face the Black Scorpion. And God damn it, when he beats him, he's going to fucking unmask him. This is it. Here we go. Hmm. Black Scorpion looks oddly familiar. Weird. So they're wrestling, they're wrestling, they're wrestling. Main event, Starcade, wrestling, non-climactic, wrestling, wrestling. God, he just looks really odd. He's doing a lot of moves that some other guy that we know does. At the end of it, the horsemen run down. Sting takes the mask off. It's fucking Ric Flair with short hair. <laughs> and and that's it. The reason why it's Ric Flair, that was not a surprise because Flair lost the title to Sting and Flair had actually been wrestling the whole time, like leading up to this Starcade main event. They never knew what the main event was going to be. No. I don't know if they were waiting for a wrestler to jump ship. That they thought that this storyline would captivate someone from the WWF and they'd be like, I want to have my contract. I'm going to go to WCW and I'll be the Black Scorpion. I have no idea. Nobody knows. That's the crazy thing is nobody knows what the thought process was. So at the end, they just got desperate. And again, I think Dave said it in one of our past episodes. They they go to Flair. They just fucking go to Flair when shit goes south and they put the title on him. He, he, un, he gets unveiled. He gets pinned by Sting, by the way. And then Sting unmasks him, and it's Ric Flair. And then I think on a house show, like, not even a month later, St- uh, Flair pins Sting and wins the WWE Championship again. And that ends Sting's first reign as world champion. It's fucking ridiculous. Talk about sabotage. Talk about what the fuck are you doing. Talk about anything you can think of that's negative. Like, it, unbelievable that WCW, well, again, they had a multi-millionaire, billionaire that was behind them and would never put them out of business because he had a soft spot in his heart. So Ted Turner would never, ever let them still be blunder. But, I mean, talk about a company that should have went out of business like 19 times in like a four-year span. CPR I mean, skills. it's unbelievable. I think it's over for Sting. Sting, back to his feet. Grabbing the mask. Trying to pull it off. And it, here it comes. Here comes the mask. Who is it? It's got blonde hair. But it's not long hair. Who is it? We got 30 seconds. It's Ric Flair. Rick the Flair. Black Scorpion is Ric Flair. It's not your boy, Ric Flair. So this, so this, this next particular wrestler is uh, definitely not overhyped. He's definitely not overrated. 
The man could work, did a lot of stuff in AWA, but some people would call this gimmick the worst gimmick in wrestling history. I'm talking about Terry Taylor, and I'm talking about the <laughs> Red Rooster, bro. I mean, Taylor was a great worker in AWA. He was no stranger to bad gimmicks. I mean, they, they even had, like, Taylor made fucking Terry Taylor. They had the man, Terry Taylor, all this bullshit that really didn't amount to much of anything. But you can call this the worst gimmick on the biggest stage. And it, it, it's seriously argued. Like, it is argued to this day. Like, like nobody wants to take accountability for this bullshit, right? Uh, some people say, well, the roost, Red Rooster, he read it wrong, or he didn't commit enough. I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you right now, the Red Rooster, uh, he fucking committed, okay? He committed to what we thought this gimmick was, or what he thought the gimmick was. I mean, god damn it. I mean, the Red Rooster, right? Some people say, well, he has a rooster strut. He's supposed to be cocky. That's why we called him the Red Rooster. If that was the case, why the fuck is he coming out in a red fucking mohawk and he's clucking like a chicken and he's bobbing his fucking head and he's doing, he's got his elbows up in a chicken wing. I, I, I mean, who the fuck let you do what? this? I, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I, you know, and uh, just give me the what? backstory of what some, oh, what, what do you think? Us? As you're, you're jumping in. I feel it. Give me some, give me some love. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, <laughs> oh, that was like a raptor. That was shut, a raptor. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what I was going to say, though, was uh, <clears throat> uh, what about that story? Uh, I guess it's they don't know if it's true or not, whether uh, one that he said he was supposed to be Mr. Perfect, which I, I think that's probably bullshit. But two, the other story is uh, that he just picked a random gimmick out of a box or something like that. No, I, well, both are not true. Okay. Bruce Pritchard is kind of they, 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 joke, they joke about it. They joke if about you, the if shit. you want to believe Bruce Pritchard, but I believe him in the sense that like. First of all, in in pitch meetings, so many things are thrown against the wall with Vince. I mean, Vince sure. will talk about give me the craziest, give me the craziest shit you could think of. Uh, okay, I want this guy to walk down Vince, and he actually throws pieces of shit out to the crowd. Okay, okay, let's just talk about that. Like that's how their pitch meetings are. So I, I don't I don't disagree that possibly when in the infant stages of signing Kurt Henning and Terry Taylor. They might have been like, well, one of our, you know, Bruce or someone has an idea of like a guy called Mr. Perfect and he's perfect and blah, blah, blah. And what, you know, who do you want to put that with? I, there, I don't doubt that that's the, the conversation that was had, but I don't think it came close to Terry Taylor being Mr. Perfect. It came down to Terry Taylor or Kurt Henning. One would get the Red Rooster, and one would get Mr. Perfect. I don't think it ever came down to that. I don't. They, they, they came I, in approximately the same time, right? There are so I mean. many There are so many pitch meetings that they have with Vince, and Bruce Pritchard's talked about where they just throw outlandish things at the wall and see if it'll stick. And I, I just don't think that it ever came. Like, the way Terry Taylor tells it, uh, it came down to me and Kurt Henning. One gets this, and one gets that. That I do not believe that's true. I think that's bullshit. Yeah. Because literally, there, there's even stories about uh, Terry Taylor. Is that well, the way he walks, he's cocky. He's yeah. He's the, he's the that's rooster. how it started that's, when he yeah. when he first got signed. That's Terry Taylor has always wanted to be Ric Flair, and so when he was with uh, UWF and NWA, he would strut because he really liked he. Terry Taylor was a big fan of Ric Flair, legitly, and so he wanted to act like him. And if you watch Terry Taylor from the UWF and NWA, he wore a robe when he came down, just a flashy, you know, with the uh, sequins on them and all that stuff, and uh, like Hammer Valentine kind of, and or Flair, but not feathers. 
And so uh, he would come down, he would strut, and he would do all that stuff, and he just wore, like, regular tights. And on his on his uh, boots, he would put, like, TT for Terry Taylor, where Flair would put RF, right? So he's just copying Ric Flair. He loved Ric Flair. He, he loved that gimmick. So he wanted to be that way. So that's when they first signed him WWF. They were like, this motherfucker gets in there and tries to strut like Ric Flair, but he actually looks like a, ri- a rooster doing it. And so it was a joke that they made about Taylor. Like, you look like a fucking rooster when you're trying to strut like Flair. And that's what happened. So that is when someone said he should be the red rooster. He should strut around like a rooster. He's the cock of the walk. He's the, he's the head rooster in the hen, you know, and all that stuff. That's where it started from. So what Bruce Pritchard says and what Terry Taylor says are different at this point. Terry Taylor says, I'm forced with this cartoon gimmick of you got to strut around like an actual rooster and, you know, blah, 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 and do all that stuff and cluck, like not cluck, but jerk your head like a chicken and all that stuff where Bruce said, no, we told you that you, you walk like a rooster and you strut like a rooster, but roosters are the cock of the walk. They're like the, the, the head, you know, in the pen. So you should take that. Bruce Pritchard says that Terry Taylor is the one that fucked the gimmick up and said, okay, fine. I'll put red in my hair. I'll put a red mohawk on me and I'll be a rooster, you know? And, and that's where Terry Taylor fucked it up and read the cards wrong. Whereas like, Terry Taylor says, no, it's a cartoon federation. It's a cartoon, you know, place I was at, you know, you had a junkyard dog wearing a chain. You had Jake bringing a snake. You had Coco with the bird on his shoulder. He had the bulldogs bringing a bulldog down. They wanted me to be a goddamn fucking rooster. So I had to put fucking red paint and shit in my fucking hair and you know, whatever. That's what Terry Taylor said. I, I, Terry Taylor has been called a lot of things. I kind of tend to believe Terry Taylor in this, that it was that uh, comp pal. Man. Like you're a rooster, dressed like a rooster. Yeah, you know, has Taylor been known to lie much? I don't really think so. Uh, I, I think Terry Taylor is just kind of a, he's a fabricator sometimes, but at the same time, I don't think he would lie about that because that doesn't that fit what WWE well, was. I, I agreed with yeah, that, and think and think about the other side of it too. If they if they saw him come out on a house show like that, they'd be like, "Bro, you overdid it. Let's 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 reel this back in." They let him do that for oh, for years. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you if let they, him. If they didn't like it, if Bruce, they would have stopped it. Yeah. Which yeah, original gimmick was, you know, when they first started doing that, they were like, dude, we didn't fucking mean you put red shit in your hair, they bro. They fucking like, shut it down. They, like, get the they fuck out of here. With that gimmick. They want to, you know, Bushwhackers, we think it looks stupid, but it made money. So Vince, like, yeah, keep doing that. It makes money. So, like, if, if Red Rooster was doing something that wasn't making the money, they'd be like, don't do that shit. They did that on purpose. And, because Rick Flair, uh, Terry Taylor was not Ric Flair and was not anything close to him, even though he thought he was. And so as a joke, they're like, this motherfucker struts around like a fucking rooster. He thinks he's Flair. Let's fucking mock him. That's what they did. Just like when they named Virgil, Virgil, who is Dusty Rhodes' real name. And like they put Dusty in polka dots, which to this day, Bruce Pritchard's like, that. none of that was ever a rib against Dusty. <laughs> yeah, Conrad's like, is, it, is this a rib? Is this a rib? Uh, you named Virgil Virgil for a reason because he was a slave bodyguard. You know, that's they named him Virgil because at the time he was like the head booker in WCW and all that stuff. For and you're fucking, yeah, you're fucking with Dusty. That's fucking the whole, yeah. So yeah. that's that's what it was. I believe the fact that they really did want Terry Taylor to dress like a rooster and fucking if he put on a rooster costume, they probably have been like, there you go, pal. Fucking way to take the ball and run with it. Like, you know, I mean, I really believe that, uh, yeah, that's what they wanted. <laughs> Shit. And to this day, though, he's the most recognized as the Red Rooster. You can yeah. say what you want. That motherfucker. Yeah, when he went back to WCW, he would hit 
all the way from the crowd <laughs> and stuff. Like, yeah, it's just it's it's, like, it's, it's, it's here, but at the same time, like it might it's it. Think about Terry Taylor's career. It's the best thing that ever happened to Terry Taylor. Let's be honest. Yeah, you know that that's what he's most known for, right? And I, I hate to say it, it brings back even to someone like a Dusty Rose. I know Dusty from the polka dots, bro. I didn't know Dusty until then. So you know, do in contrast or whatever, it it can't be overhyped and failed because they tried hard to overhype Dusty and hope. I I really believe they would hope Dusty flopped the polka dots, but Dusty got that shit over because Dusty Rose is Dusty. Super, well, he's super charismatic and he's talented. Fuck yeah, he over Terry Taylor, not that good. So I mean, he's overhyped in the sense that yeah, they really put they did put some time into him when he originally debuted. He was just a heel. He was Terry scary Terry Taylor or something like that. And then Bobby Heenan picked him up and said, and the whole storyline was Heenan's going to mold him. Well, every time Heenan would try, Terry would lose. And Heenan's like, God, I'm getting sick of you. I'm getting sick of you. Every time he'd strut Terry Taylor out there, Terry would lose. And then so finally, like there, he's just like, you know what? This guy's the red rooster. He's cock of the walk. He's whatever. He's all this stuff or whatever. And then so Heenan's like, now that I've branded you, now you're going to be successful. He's still lost. So then Heenan, um, turned on him and or, or Taylor turned back on him, whatever. And I think they did it on primetime wrestling. And um, uh, Terry Taylor just got sick of him. And he's just like, I'm fucking done with you or whatever. So then, then after that was when you saw the face Red Rooster where he put the red in his hair and shit like that or whatever. So I believe way, it was all I'm by design. Right. It was all designed. I was wrong. Yeah. I apologize. Oh, how about Great. a handshake? Great. You're asking for a lot now. Well, an apology and a handshake. Uh, you two gentlemen, I think that uh, it's only fitting. Okay, that... it's over then. Oh, yeah. It's, it's over. Then. Yes, sir. I like this. For good. I like I'm through with you. You're through with me. Yes. I um, made a mistake. Sounds good to me. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Not very often. He apologizes. Okay. Care Forget it. Okay? Oh, what? Why are you doing that? I'm doing nothing. Why, why, why would you do that? Come on, Marty. Get him. Get him. Choke him! Choke him! So, yeah, sadly, that was the thing. It's like the Red Rooster was, was you know, if you believe certain people, it was intended to be kind of like a serious gimmick and, you know, him not to put red shit in his hair and to be like this baby face that was just super confident, and, you know, whatever. But uh, I kind of believe what it became because, like Dave said, they never stopped it. You know, if they didn't like this guy putting red shit in his hair, you know, they'd be like, that's not what we want for that character. No, but it's what they wanted. They made him the red rooster and they forced him to put red shit in his hair, like red mohawk, like a rooster, you know, and all that stuff. And like he walked around, like Dave said, clucking like a chicken and all that stuff. And it's just what they wanted. And it was just it fucking it sucked like really bad. And and it flopped, even though people do remember him. People also remember the gobbledygooker. And that's not a good thing. So, you know, it's like it's just it was a overhyped and failed gimmick. It just never worked. Yep, that's that's really it. I'm telling you. Hey guys, I'll tell you that that's that's the end of our episode for today. That's that's our uh, top four, you know. And uh, like I said, overhyped. I'm sure, and, there'll be a part three. Oh God, yes, I can't fucking wait. Maybe overhyped and failed failed gimmicks. And like I said, as always, you can reach us via Instagram at OWP2019, SoundCloud at Our Wrestling Podcast, YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel, or download Wrestle Post. It's an app at no charge to you, and you can join us along with other great podcasts of the day. This is Dave signing off along with Justin because this is the OWP. Have a good one.